This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Another brand new episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, April 20th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how you doing today? Hey, well, man, happy 420, man. <laughs> no, I'm doing good, man. How are you doing this morning? Doing well, doing well. Slept in, not slept in, but uh, got to bed a little early, slept well, and uh, you know, looking forward to a full week of shows for you guys. Nice. Just going to be a good week. Yeah, full week minus Monday, of course, but uh, four days. Right. <laughs> well, folks, let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a question for my co-host. Tony, I'm going to ask you to put on your hypothetical hat. If you were a vandal going around slashing people's tires, what sort of evidence would you not want to leave behind? Ugh, anything with DNA that'll trace it back to you. <laughs> that that would be probably the way to go. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I would include uh, maybe fingerprints in that. Well, this one takes this to a whole new level. A couple in Maricopa woke up to their tire slashed and a severed finger in the driveway on th- Thursday morning. <laughs> I literally have been laughing all day because if I don't, I might cry, said Francesca Wickoff. The truck belongs to the Wickoff family. Wickoff, a former volunteer firefighter at EMT, has the stomach for this sort of thing. It's practically comical. You would think that if you're going to, gonna go to the hospital, especially if you just severed your finger, that you would take said finger with you, said Wickoff. Wickoff believes the tire slasher cut her back tire, then cut his finger off on accident. We assume it happened at 10.30 last night because we had our neighbor that lives next to him heard a loud scream and then a car speeding off, said Wickoff. The Maricopa mother believes the finger belongs to her neighbor because they argued with him the night before and a trail of blood leads to his house. I'd say that's pretty good evidence. I don't find joy in anybody hurting themselves. However, karma has a good way of working itself out, said Wickoff. On Monday, Maricopa police confirmed to Arizona's family that the suspect involved in the incident was indeed the neighbor, Kevin Johnson. He has been charged with criminal damage, assault, threatening, and intimidating and disorderly conduct. So, uh, yeah, you know, if you're going to go vandalize, if you're going to go do some uh, shady stuff, maybe don't leave body parts behind. Yeah, that'd be a really good thing not, of what not to do. Run, bitch! Run! <laughs> <laughs> 
trail of blood leaving back leading back to the house yeah. i would say it's pretty yeah. clear cut pretty pretty clear not to do that right so. and pardon the pun with the clear cut so yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man I, I could only imagine you know you think you're just gonna simply slash somebody's tire and you end up chopping a finger off that's oh that is truly karma at work absolutely Oof. <laughs> What an idiot, man. What an idiot. <sighs> Which is why we do these stories, because uh, we, we love finding the hilarious in the uh, ridiculous, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, it is Tuesday. We've got a wonderful show lined up for you all today. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? This is Taco Tuesday. It is Taco Tuesday. And as we do on Tuesdays, we've got Animal Tales, sponsored by RoughRiders.org. We've got a segment called Actor Portrayals. Our call-in topic today is, well, it's 420. It's Wacky Tabacky. We want to have uh, stories from you guys of the silliest things you've done while uh, partaking in this holiday. We have a segment called Marketplace Blunders. Boy, that's hard to say. Marketplace Blunders. We round out the day with This Day in History. And up next is Tony with the Entertainment News. Folks, do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. Fun surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, dig Everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We've got a little thing we talk about each day. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you lost a body part while vandalizing something. We want to know about it. Give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now it is the second segment of this show, and that means Tony is here with the entertainment news. Good morning, everybody. It is 420, and here is your Filippo Pass 5. John Cameron Mitchell to play Tiger King, Joe Exotic, and NBCU limited series with Kate McKinnon. Who's John Cameron Mitchell? Any idea? I have. 
I have no idea. You know what's funny is I actually have an article in there for that. I didn't realize to put it in a Fast Five in that, but I have no idea who that guy is. <laughs> right. So maybe I'll tell you if we get to the article. Alma Wahlberg, mother of Mark Wahlberg and Donnie Wahlberg, is dead at 78. Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, E-40, and Too Short debut as supergroup Mount Westmore. Hmm. Alec, Alex Smith, reigning, reigning NFL Comeback Player of the Year, has decided to retire from football at age 36. And MLB The Show 21 is now out on PS5 and Xbox Game Pass. You can uh, download it now. I'll probably just do it after the show. But, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. so I did download that last night. Uh, I played a little bit. It's awesome. Nice. Good, good stuff there. Okay, so we roll into the box office, and I apologize, I'm looking down. I'm trying not to run too much off the computer because I think there's some weird connection issues again. Uh, so I'm going to try not to draw any unnecessary from there. And so if, I look, if I'm looking down a lot, it's me reading my notes. No worries. So far, so good. Yeah. So um, this weekend, the legendary battling behemoths continued throwing hairy punches and blasting atomic breath for a third weekend as Godzilla versus Kong remained at the top of the box office with an estimated 7.7 million. The King Size Smackdown sequel directed by Adam Wingard has pounded its way to a domestic total of 80.5 million since it first hit theaters on March 31st. Uh, the $200 million Warner Brothers Monster Mash, also featuring humans like Alexander Skarsgård, Millie Bobby Brown, Rebecca Hall, and Brian Tyree Henry, has rumbled to a worldwide total of $390.2 million. Wow. Clearly to say it is doing very well. And uh, wouldn't be surprised if you saw more Titan-esque movies here uh, in the future. So Definitely. Uh, the rest of the chart didn't feature too much activity with the R-rated thriller Nobody, again in second place over its fourth weekend with $2.5 million, barely, barely dipping from last week's figure. The $16 million action movie with Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Saul now has a domestic total of $19 million and $34.5 million worldwide. Still in third place was the supernatural thriller The Unholy with 2.06 million on its third weekend. The PG-13 horror movie produced by Sam Raimi and starring Negan, aka Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, has a domestic total of 9.56 million. Raya and the Last Dragon was in fourth place once more with 1.9 million, taking the PG-rated Disney animated fantasy to a domestic total of 37.6 million and just short of $100 million worldwide after seven weeks. We have no idea what the streaming uh, premium has brought in on that, but right. uh, doing quite well in theaters. The PG-rated animated... Wow, that was hard to say. The PG-rated animated live-action comedy Tom and Jerry was in fifth place with $1.09 million. After eight weekends, the Warner Brothers release has a domestic total of $42.5 million and $105.3 million on a reported cost of $79 million. So needless to say, it made money. It's doing it pretty well. well. Yeah. Yeah, so good job for that. Sixth place uh, was the sci-fi drama Voyagers, uh, bringing in $790,000. The faith-based Mira Servino drama, The Girl Who Believes in Miracles, held 7th place with 591000 uh, In 8th place, the new horror movie In the Earth, which I'm sure we would have covered on Pop Culture Kaboom. I've never heard of that movie. <laughs> with an opening of 506000 
Critics, okay, yep. The Benedict Cumberbatch, I almost went Brom Burgundy on you. The Benedict Cumberbatch spy drama, The Courier, was in ninth place with 462. And The Croods round out the top 10 as it popped back in there with 310,000, um, bringing its world total to 163. This coming weekend, I smell a new box office champ. Mortal Kombat will be out this Friday. So. Uh, should be good. I was able to get out this weekend, and I caught uh, Kong versus uh, Godzilla. It was actually quite enjoyable for what it was. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely something you have to see in theaters. You know, big sound, big action, uh, just a lot of fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I'm looking forward to catching Mortal Kombat. That'll probably be my next one. I tried to catch Nobody yesterday, but again, the, the way they play the movies here in Fort Collins, it's only twice a day, so kind of hard to squeeze it in if you have other stuff going on so and get out through that uh, snow yeah and we had the, the dumb snowstorm yesterday which thank god the sun is out hopefully it melts it all away uh marvel's uh, shang chi dropped the trailer and poster yesterday um so you can check that out the studio surprised uh samu lu I hope I'm saying his name right. <laughs> Who stars as the uh, hero in the upcoming MCU movie with a birthday present in the form of a teaser trailer and Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings. Oh, for Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings, which will be out September 3rd. The trailer shows Liu in action as the master of Kung Fu confronting the past he thought he had left behind before getting drawn into the Ten Rings organization. Um, on Twitter... Lou also shared a teaser poster for Shang-Chi featuring his character suited up in costume. In the image, he supports a distinctive red and black outfit with a tactical design perfect for combat. He's pictured with fists firmly clenched, ready to take on any adversaries, including his father, Wenwu, the leader of the Ten Rings terrorist group. Also Um, known as the Mandarin. Ooh, so... Um, this should be a really good movie. If you guys uh, check it out, you could go to uh, Proton Pack page. We have the trailer up on there. Uh, you can also just go to YouTube if you really wanted. So not hard to find uh, the trailer out there. So uh, check <laughs> it out. I don't know uh, much about Shang-Chi, so I can't really tell you much more other than it looks like an awesome trailer. Uh, we did a reaction video on uh, Proton Pack, which drops later today. Uh, shameless plug there uh would you uh what do you think so far of that it looks exciting you know it's uh sort of along the lines of guardians of the galaxy where marvel's taken the sort of obscure character that nobody really knows and uh thrust him forward and my guess is it'll do well you've got aquafina in there who serves as sort of the comic relief and then we get sort of a true mandarin as opposed to the uh trevor slattery uh retconned uh uh, Iron Man 3 version that uh, people seem really disappointed in. Yeah, he was a disappointing one. Well, this one's not a disappointing story. I'm Batman. Looks like Michael Keaton is officially returning as Batman in The Flash. His publicist confirms this after hinting that he is hesitant to join due to the concerns about COVID-19. Michael Keaton's officially been confirmed to reprise his role as Batman opposite Ezra Miller's Barry Allen. Keaton's talent agency ICM Partners confirmed the news today to the rap. The dong, the long, de- the dong, the dong. <laughs> the, <laughs> wow, the long delayed solo movie began production today. Uh, director Andy Muschietti announcing the kickoff on Instagram. Keaton voiced some ease at the prospect of joining the Flash solo film in March, expressing concern over 
scheduling and COVID-19 transmission in the UK. He said, I keep my eye more on the COVID situation in the UK than anything. That will determine everything. That's my first thing about all projects. I look at it and go, is this thing going to kill me literally? And you know, if it doesn't kill me, then we'll talk. Keaton's involvement uh, in The Flash brings the movie's tally of Batman to two, with Ben Affleck also set to reprise his role as Bruce Wayne in the movie. The film is expected to confront DC's multiverse with the story plan as a new take on the Flashpoint storyline. So, uh, awesome news. Um, Michael Keaton, definitely one of my favorite Batman um, of all the characters to play it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what other Batman show up in this movie. Um, what's your take on it? You're, I know you're big on the Flash and everything. You know a lot more about this than I do. Yeah, you know, it's going to be exciting. Uh, you know, they're taking on the Flashpoint uh, storyline, which normally was, um, you know, sort of an alternative, alternative retelling of the Batman saga where Bruce Wayne died. Thomas Wayne took up the Batman mantle and Martha Wayne became the Joker. Doesn't sound like they're quite going that direction, but it'd be nice to see Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne as sort of a mentor and maybe he'll get his own Batman Beyond spinoff as a mentor to uh, uh, Batman Beyond. That would be awesome. That would be good, man. I Anything Batman's good. We also have the Batman coming out, so good time to uh, bust out uh, the Caped Crusader there, huh? Exactly. Should be good. So going back to what I said in the Fast Five with the Tiger King, I didn't realize I had the article and a part of it. But uh, over a year since Netflix Tiger King docuseries took the world by storm, the dramatizations of the story are still in the works. And one just took a big step forward as Variety reports that Tony Award-winning actor John Cameron Mitchell has been tapped to play the role of Joe Exotic. So there you go. He's a... Tony award-winning actor, but it still doesn't say what he's done. Right. <laughs> so it says Saturday Night Live alum Kate McKinnon will appear as Baskin opposite him in the series. Carol Baskin. Uh, also serving as the executive producer. Um, I really have no idea who this guy is. This is this is just going to be NBC's take on the whole thing. Um, there's also a CBS television studio still developing a series with Nicolas Cage attached to play Joe Exotic. My take at this point, uh, I kind of feel like the the, the whole uh, Tiger King thing is coming on. Yeah, the fifteen minutes the fifteen minutes of fame have have hit, and it's just done. I have no interest in seeing either one of these. I. I, I just don't, don't. If they make the, especially the Kate McKinnon one, a true comedy, just sort of an outlandish funny thing, yeah, it might be worth checking out. But I'm not looking for a biopic. I watched the entire uh, Netflix series. I don't need more of true life. I would more like to see, you know, something a little over the top. Yeah, absolutely. So John Cameron Mitchell was most famously, he was known for Hedwig and the Angry Inn. On the Angry Inn. Whatever that was. That was a that's what it says. Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Right. That can't be what it's called, is it? It is, yeah. I think it's wow. a Shakespearean play, if I'm not mistaken. No, I don't know, but that he's Hedwig, so okay. I I still have I'm still not familiar with John Cameron Mitchell, but today we are a little more familiar. Oh man. And then it's official Mudvane, the band Mudvane is reuniting for the first time in twelve years. Um, one of the most creative and distinctive bands in aggressive music world um, has announced that it's returning after a 12-year hiatus. They'll be perform 
performing at all four Danny Wimmer Presents U.S. Festivals in 2021. In, in Wow. Incarceration Music and Tattoo Festival. Uh, they'll be the headliners, which is in Ohio. Louder Than Life in Kentucky. Aftershock in Sacramento, California. And Welcome to Rockville in Florida. The dates mark the band's first show since 20 or 2009, and it's their only dates this year. So, um, pretty damn cool. Uh, so, if you guys want to know the dates, uh, the Music and Tattoo Festival will be September 10th through the 12th at Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield, Ohio. Louder Than Life will take place September 23rd through 26th at Highland Festival Grounds at the Kentucky Expo Center in Louisville. Aftershock. Um, revealed their mystery bandit being Mudvayne. They'll be performing Saturday, October 8th at Discovery Park in Sacramento, California. And Welcome to Rockville takes place November 11th through 14th at Daytona International Speedway in Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, so you could go to the website, look at that. So if you're excited for Mudvayne, let us know below. Um, kind of feel like Chad Gray at no point at this point, right? Like uh, Exactly. His band, Hell Yeah, is pretty much done. It's why not go back to what you know? Yeah, I'm glad to see they're back together. Tony, you might have to make a trip out here in October. We'll go over to Aftershock we, on... Uh, we'll we'll see. It uh, It said the tickets are all pretty much sold out oh, already. Oh, all right. Because well. I think they're honoring passes from last year's Aftershock. So. Gotcha. So, sorry, the little laptop smack there. With that being said, we have a minute. Or we have less than a minute for birthdays. They'll be real fast. It's, it's your birthday! <laughs> George, oh my, George Takai is 84, Jessica Lang turns 72, George, George McFly, aka Crispin Glover is 57, lost my process, Andy Serkis also turns 57, Carmen Electra is 49 and still looking fine, well at least in that picture, Creepy Clint Howard is 62. And whoa! Joey Lawrence is 45. That's your celebrity birthdays for 420! <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> well, folks, that does it for the entertainment news. When we come back, it is Tuesday. And as we do on Tuesdays, Animal Tales, sponsored by RoughRiders.org. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show and we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Now if you want to get a hold of me on social, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, Radio of course with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony is available at facebook.com forward slash Tony.SanFilippo. That's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four though that may be changing here soon, or on Instagram at Tony.SanFilippo81. Now, being that it is Tuesday, and as we like to do on Tuesdays, we've got Animal Tales sponsored by RoughRiders.org. Now, Rough Riders is a local 501c3 nonprofit dog rescue dedicated to the transport of uh, dogs from the 
rural outlying shelters where they may not have a chance transporting them in here to the local metro uh, more populated area where we work with uh, local nonprofits, local shelters and rescue groups to find them homes and give them a second chance at life. Now, if you want more information or you want to donate to Rough Riders, head over to roughriders.org. That's R-U-F-F riders.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Rough Riders Saves. And without further ado, Here's Animal Tales. Dogs and the cats, they take up the middle where the honeybee hums and the cricket fiddles, the donkey brays and the pony neighs, the old great badger sighs. Listen to the bass, it's the one on the bottom where the bullfrog croaks and the hippopotamus moans and groans with the big to do, and the old cow just goes moo. The old cow just goes moo. Well, our first story. First story in Animal Tales. <laughs> Man's best friend is not a bear's best friend. Typically, people probably don't adopt terriers to act as guard dogs. Well, that didn't stop two terriers from protecting their California home from an unexpected intruder, a brown bear. Dee Dee Mueller was taking a nap on Sunday when one of her dogs suddenly ran out of the room and started barking, the Sacramento Bee reports. The woman's other dog, also a terrier, quickly followed after the first also barking. Mueller was unaware of it at the moment, but a brown bear had wandered into the house through an open door. Fortunately, the two dogs apparently scared off the larger animal. The incident was caught on camera by Mueller's security system. In the footage, which she uploaded to YouTube, the bear can be seen entering the house through a back door after taking a drink from one of the house's fountains. The bear slowly walks around the kitchen, spending a lot of time near the fridge. At one point, the bear appears to react to something off camera, then exits the house. The two dogs then appear and charge at the bear towards the exit. The bear then stands in the backyard for a second, looking back in on the house. Fortunately, the two terriers stood their ground and the bear decided to leave without a fight. On YouTube, Mueller wrote, Young bear visited our Pasadena hillside home and ventured into the house through an open kitchen door. Our two small terrier, terriers, Squirt and May May, said no. <laughs> Squirt. <laughs> May May is where I was going to laugh at. <laughs> and I'm going to post this on our Facebook page for you guys to check out. But uh, there is the full video of uh, the bear being chased out. And luckily, it ended well for pretty much everybody. It, uh, could you imagine waking up from a nap, walking into the kitchen, and all of a sudden there's a bear in the middle of there? Right. You're like, whoa! That would nope. be terrifying. <laughs> I saw one, uh, I think I saw a video last week in Florida. There was, uh, they walked in the uh, kitchen, and there was a, not a big gator, but there was like a medium-sized alligator just sitting there in their kitchen. Oof. And it's like... Nope. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I would call animal control so fast. Yeah, you're like, hey, guess what? You got the best job. Come get this thing out of here. <laughs> well, let's move on with our next story in Animal Tales. <laughs> well, Tony, add frogs with claws to the list of usual animals you might find in Florida. Frogs with claws? Yeah, sounds like a uh, Dr. Seuss book. Resident- Ow, frogs with claws? Wow. <laughs> Residents may soon be facing off with another invasive pest as the non- non-native... Boy, they did not hyphenate that right. The non-native tropical clawed frog has been identified in the Tampa area. 
The African amphibian threatens to unbalance the state's fragile aquatic ecosystems as the invasive frogs compete with native species for food and other resources. The tropical clawed frog invasion represents yet another disturbance to Florida's aquatic ecosystem, particularly those in southern Florida, which are already vulnerable due to habitat destruction, pollution, invasive species, and disease, said Christina Romagosa, a university, Romagosa. <laughs> a university of Florida research assistant, professor of wildlife ecology and conservation. A Tampa resident found unusual frogs on her property in 2014. At the time, research researchers believed that animals were African clawed frogs. But new research from the University of Florida shows the amphibian was instead the tropical clawed frog, also known as the western clawed frog. This marks the first report of the species of frog outside the native range in West Africa. Experts aren't sure whether they will continue to spread into other parts of the state. So, uh, Tony, I don't know if you saw any uh, f- clawed frogs when you were down in Florida, but uh, apparently they are not native and they uh, pose quite the risk. I did not see one. I don't even know what one looks like. Uh... I'm going to Google that just for fun. Well, if you uh, want to know, and if you wait till after the show, again, I'll be posting these on our Facebook page so you guys can enjoy the look of the dangerous clawed frog. And it's basically uh, the front arms are very tiny and the back ones have, well, claws yeah. on them. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, it looks okay. Yeah. It just looks like another frog is all it looks like. Right. As far as it's I just a tell, weird looking frog. Yeah, no harm to humans. I think it's just it's edging out some of the more native species that are there. Well, let's move on with our final story in animal tales. <laughs> Chewbacca quantifies as an animal, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. All right. <laughs> Don't they, they refer to him as a big giant dog most time, right? Exactly. There you go. Well, this one, you know, it's it's more of the same from a group that, uh, while I think they've got good intentions, they overreach every once in a while. Outspoken animal rights group People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, also known as PETA, has put up a billboard near the main office of Hickman's Family Farms, blaming meat and egg eaters for the deaths of more than 165,000 chickens. In memory of the chickens killed nearby in a fire, the black uh, billboard reads, if everyone were vegan, it would never happen. Two of Hickman's 10-lane barns at its Arlington facility caught fire on Saturday, March 6th. The farm confirmed that about 165,000 egg-laying hens died. The Hickmans said at the time that they hoped to rebuild, both local businesses and out-of-state companies rallied around the family-owned business. PETA, however, would rather Hickman's and businesses like it shut down and announce plans for the billboard just a few days after the fire. Every hen who died in that fire was a thinking, feeling individual who found themselves crammed into a filthy shed and exploited. Tracy Ryman, a PETA spokesperson, said in a news release, if PETA's billboard encourages just one person to break their egg habit, we'll have done something good for some hens and for that human. Uh, again, you know, I think their intentions are good. I think the methods that they take are overstepping in some cases. And when it comes to it, you know, we're, we as humans are not meant to be vegans. We are omnivores. That is my personal opinion. I know uh, you probably share the same tone. And uh, a purely plant-based diet is, uh, can't be sustainable. I would, I, yeah, I dated one vegan, but she was, she got grumpy a lot, so. <laughs> so 
that's because she was always hungry i'm sure <laughs> yeah probably yeah it well, explains a lot so. exactly well folks that does it for animal tales when we come back we've got actor portrayals so don't go anywhere we'll be right Ooh. back Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. It's the final segment of the first hour, at least, of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. But do not fret. There is still plenty ahead with our second hour, including our call-in topic of Wacky Tabacky. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Amazon, about 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends because sharing is caring. Now in this segment that I've titled Actor Portrayals, we're going to be talking about 13 people, well, if we get to all 13, in real life who weren't fans of the ways that they were portrayed in movies or on TV shows. Uh, these are everything from people in biopics to uh, real life stories where they were maybe a uh, supportive character, but uh, you know, maybe it wasn't quite what people were expecting. Um, so, you know what? Let's go ahead and roll on through with these actor portrayals. Acting! First one on the <laughs> list. <laughs> you like that little John Lovitz clip? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's no surprise that, well, Mark Zuckerberg was not a fan of his portrayal in the social network. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg has been open about his disappointment with Aaron Sorkin's 2010 retelling of the founding of his website, commenting that the film, quote, made up a bunch of stuff that I found kind of hurtful. He was particularly disturbed by the idea that he was motivated to create Facebook to improve his dating life following a breakup. Zuckerberg pointed out that at the time the movie was set, he was already dating his now wife, Priscilla Chan, and that he was motivated by the desire to create rather than romantic pursuits. However, he also acknowledged that the changes were most likely due to the fact that the realities of writing code are not exactly film worthy. The one aspect of the film Zuckerberg didn't take issue with, his character's wardrobe. He commented that, quote, every single shirt or fleece they had in that movie is actually a shirt or fleece that I own. So it doesn't sound like he was too disturbed by the portrayal, but uh, it is kind of true. You know, if you took beat for beat from real life, these movies would be extremely boring. So, you know, they have to take a few creative liberties to uh, energize the story a little bit and, uh, you know, punch up uh, how an actor may have been portrayed. Oh yeah, I mean, come on. You have. To, we talked about. Uh, what were we talking about on Proton Pack? Maybe, but uh, like board games, like Rock'em Sock'em Robots is going to be a movie. I, I don't know how you come up with a story about two like plastic robot characters. So you have to come up with some type of story. Exactly. You have to take a lot of creative liberties in that case. Yeah, jeez Louise, <laughs> man. Well, let's keep rolling on, talking actor portrayals. Acting! Another uh, 
a real-life person who was uh, not exactly satisfied with the way that they were portrayed in a film, Michael Orr from The Blind Side. Well, The Blind Side was a commercial hit when it was released in 2009, earning $309.2 million on a $29 million budget, but it may have caused financial consequences for its inspiration. The film follows Michael Orr, a homeless and traumatized boy who became an all-American football player with the help of a caring woman. A year after the film's release, Orr released a memoir, I Beat the Odds from Homelessness to the Blind Side and Beyond. In it, he criticized the film's depiction of him, writing that it felt, quote, portrayed me as dumb instead of as a kid who had never had consistent academic instruction. Orr also points out that uh, contrary to his fictional counterpart, learning about football from his adoptive family, he educated himself about football in childhood. In 2015, Orr said that he believed the film's depiction of him hurt his athletic career. Uh, did you enjoy that movie, Tone? What did you think? I, I I did like it. I only watched it one time. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I didn't think it was that. I thought it was a good dramatic, like, feel-good story, you know? And the fact that he really got to make it to the NFL. And I don't think you can blame that movie on your career dude that's kind of that's on that's you up to you yeah <laughs> yeah you, you you're gonna go as far as you want to go not because of what some movie portrayed you as like you're the guy playing the game balls exactly. in your court bud exactly well, let's keep moving on we're talking actor portrayals acting people in real life who weren't satisfied with the way they were portrayed in film or tv uh, another one that i forgot actually was based on real life Patch Adams, well, from Patch Adams. In this 1998 biopic starring uh, Robin Williams as the titular doctor, whose unconventional approach to healing includes a patient-first approach and a heavy dose of humor. However, the actual Patch Adams was not amused by the actor's take on his life and work. During an interview, Adams commented that following the movie's release, quote, there wasn't a single positive article about our work or me and that his portrayal as simply a funny doctor inadequately captured the wide scope of his humanitarian and medical efforts. The famed film critic Roger Ebert even claimed that the first thing the real Adams said to him was, I hate that movie. Despite these criticisms, Patch released a warm statement about Williams after his death, thanking the late actor for his wonderful performance of my early life. Uh, it was a good movie. It was heartwarming. I don't know much about the real Patch Adams, so I couldn't contrast or compare, but uh, I don't know. I think Robin Williams did a good job. Yeah, that's the one where he had the red nose, right? Exactly. The doctor. Okay, yep. yeah. Yep. All right, moving on. Talking actor portrayals. Acting! People in real life who didn't care for their on-screen personas. Uh, another one is Ray Manzarek, also from The Doors and the movie The Doors. Well, Jim Morrison, the lead vocalist of The Doors and the central figure of this 1991 film, died 20 years before it was released, but his surviving bandmates were less than impressed with its depiction of both themselves and their leading man. Keyboardist and band co-founder Ray Manzarek commented that director Oliver Stone, quote, assassinated Jim Morrison by portraying him as a violent, drunken fool. Though he thought the actors uh, delivered fine performances and the recreations of the band's concerts were adequate, Manzarek dismayed over Stone's failure to capture the band's guiding philosophy. Instead of showing a band based in idealism and the 60s quest for freedom and brotherhood, Stone's vision relied on madness and chaos. Um, have you seen the, the Doors tone, the Oliver Stone movie? Mm -hmm. 
No, I think I, I remember seeing the I know what the box art looks like and stuff, but I don't think I ever watched it. You know, it was a good movie. You had Val Kilmer who played uh, Jim Morrison. Uh, you know, it was a good biopic. And again, it was one of those things where they had to sort of punch up the storylines where, you know, while his life was really kind of that crazy, uh, they still needed to make an interesting movie out of it. Oh, absolutely. Oh. It wouldn't be if it was all like, like you said, you got to add some spice to it for sure. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's keep moving on talking actor portrayals. Acting! People in real life who didn't care for their on-screen portrayals. Another one was Steve Wozniak in the movie Jobs. Well, Jobs, directed by Joshua Michael Stern, was the first of two major Steve Jobs biopics produced in the 2010s. It was also Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak's least favorite. Wozniak would go on to consult on 2015 Steve Jobs, but when he received a similar offer from Jobs, he turned it down after reading the script and deciding it was, quote, crap. He even went to the trouble of reviewing the movie himself for Gizmodo. In the review, he rejected star Ashton Kutcher's claim that he was critical of the movie due to his financial stake in its com- uh in its competitor and pointed out several discrepancies in his and Jobs' characterization. Now, I didn't see either of the two Steve Jobs movies, but uh, yeah, I think they'd be fun to go back and, and watch. Yeah, definitely. It'd be, uh, see if they hold up. I never watched them. I just knew the one that Ashton Kutcher was in there, was in, but yeah, and I, that, I didn't know they did too. Yeah, that's the one they're talking about here. I forget who starred in the other one. I don't remember. Mm. Eh, it'll come to me I, later. It's one of those that uh, did you ever? <laughs> it's not one of those movies like that we go rush out and go see. So. Exactly, you know. Uh, biopics overall, not a huge fan of unless it's a uh, you know a, a person that I'm you know really enjoy. I think the last one I really saw was uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, that one was a really good one. Yeah. Maybe maybe Wozniak wasn't happy because Josh Gad played him in that one. <laughs> Olaf. <laughs> yeah, Olaf. <laughs> Olaf! Well, let's keep moving on, talking actor portrayals. Acting! Oh, more people in real life who weren't fans of their actor portrayals. Uh, for instance, Art Howe from the movie Moneyball in this 2011 sports drama, quote, no one comes off more poorly than Art Howe, the former athletics and Matt's manager. The Art Howe of Moneyball is positioned as a stubborn antagonist to hero Billy Bean's innovative statistics-based approach to the game. Naturally, Howe took offense to this portrayal. Howe believed that neither the film nor the book it was based on properly portrayed his perspective and that it's, quote, disappointing that most people who don't know him personally will assume he is like his on-screen counterpart. He also said that if he ever sees Bean again, he expects an apology. You know, it's a, you, you got to have apologize, you, man. Yeah, and you got to have a villain to the movies. It's just the way it goes. Definitely, uh, it was Michael Fassbender that played Steve Jobs That's and Steve Jobs, right. and Seth Rogen was Steve Wozniak, and then it had Kate Winslet, Jeff Daniels. I had a pretty big A list cast for that one. That's right. That's right. Haven't seen either of them, but uh, that's the way it goes. Well, that one's on Netflix if you want to watch it. Oh, all right. And then finally, here in actor portrayals, acting people in real life who didn't like their on-screen versions. You had uh, David Letterman and his uh, take on the Late Shift. 
Well, uh, David Letterman hated HBO's 1996 made-for-TV movie about his and fellow comedian Jay Leno's battle for a dream gig, hosting The Tonight Show, following Johnny Carson's retirement. John Michael Higgins, who played Letterman, spoke in 2009 about the struggles of portraying such a powerful figure in the industry, noting that he was once booked as a guest on Letterman's show, quote, only to get bumped without explanation. At the time, Letterman didn't miss words about the movie, calling it the biggest waste of film since my wedding photos and comparing Higgins' performance to that of Psychotic Chimp. So uh, needless to say, he really hated that version of it. He hated that movie, didn't he? Well, folks, that does it for the first hour of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. But do not fret. We still have plenty ahead. Enjoy the long break. Listen to the news. Take a potty break. And we will see you guys, well, in about seven minutes. Seven. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Biscuit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. This episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, April 20th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Still joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, you ready for that fastest hour of the day? I sure am, man. Let's roll. Right on. I had to get myself some tea during the break. Uh, dragging a little bit, so I need just that caffeine <laughs> boost. But uh, you know what? I- I'm ready. I think uh, it's going to be a fun hour. Yeah, it should be a fast hour, man. Oh. I hope so. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, this is the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and watchers, on our topic of the day, which is why we give it 24 hours in advance. Ask you to call the Phoenix line at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. Of course, you could chime in live on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Just click into the live video there and comment in the comment section or... In the next segment, you can join us live, chat live, via the Stereo app at Stereo.com forward slash Phoenix Media. Well, today we are talking about, well, today's celebration, 420. 420 is International, I guess, Marijuana Day for lack, hey, well, man. <laughs> for lack of a better term. And I don't know many people who haven't at least tried it at some point in their lives. And so what we're looking for are stories of uh, silliness wackiness, ridiculousness, uh, when you have partaken in, well, the devil's grass, the wacky tobacco, whatever you choose to call it. Uh, Tony, I'm going to go ahead and uh, kick it over to you first. I know that uh, in your adult life, it's not something you do, but back when we were teenagers, it was something that uh, we had a little fun with. And uh, feel free to share any sort of silly story that uh, happened during the, uh, well, using the wacky tobacco. Well, I I didn't do it much, so 
Um, the first time I remember ever doing it was at a Queensryche concert at Red Rocks with uh, my uh, cousin's mom. She's uh, not with my uncle anymore. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I remember that was the first time I had tried it. And then uh, – but for wacky stuff, um, the one I'll have to go with uh, when you and I became friends was uh, we were at some girl Amanda's party. And I remember um, – you know, drinking and uh, partaking in the the wacky tobacco, and felt like I was on a carnival ride. Just felt like I was on a Ferris wheel. <laughs> it was up and down, and it was just a lot. And then when you and I left that party, I remember you got super well, sick. Well, you... <laughs> yeah. you're about to steal mine, so. Uh, oh, is yeah. that is that yours? Oh yeah, go oh, ahead. Okay, well, you share it because I mean I don't really have any fun weed stories just because I. I didn't really ever smoke weed. I mean, <laughs> the the last time, I mean, it's not even appropriate for radio, so I'm not going to share it. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't have anything entertaining because yours is uh, – it sounds <laughs> like yours is going to be the one I was going to say because it's the only wacky thing I've had because everything else, is, it's been few and far between. Yep. It used to be old school – Step on a soda can, poke holes, and that <laughs> was in- that. So I don't really have any good weed stories, which sucks because I just it's not it's not not my thing. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I was back so. in a previous life, and yeah, that's all right. You know, it's not everything is hilarious, but uh, yeah, the one that I was going to share is that uh, you know when you and I first uh, met, hung out, and really what sort of solidified us, you know, becoming such good friends is. Yeah, we were hanging out at a party, had a whole bunch to drink, partook in the uh, wacky tobacco a little bit, and as a result, well, got the munchies and decided, uh, you know, we were going to go visit the local donut shop. I ordered a dozen donuts for myself, ate all said <laughs> dozen donuts, and uh, we got back to your place and uh, you know, we're having a good time and then realized that the uh, alcohol and the dozen donuts and all of that did not mix well. Luckily, there was a black trash bag nearby, and uh, boy, lost the dozen donuts, probably everything else I had eaten for the day. And uh, in trying to figure out what to do with it, uh, Tony, you <laughs> graciously uh, deposited it in your uh, neighbor's yard. <laughs> <laughs> David Francis's backyard. The age of- <laughs> And uh, look at us, you know, 20 some odd years. I think about that every time I go see my dad and I look back in that backyard, I always think about that. (laughs) Could you imagine their expression when they found what was in that bag? Hopefully they just picked it up and was like, what the hell is this? Uh, It's liquidy. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I'm surprised they didn't say anything. I mean, it was Uh, pretty obvious it came from at least your yard, you know. (laughs) Yeah. It was one of those things, man. I they I don't recall if they ever say anything to my parents. I never got to talk to about it. So right, I knowing your parents, they probably didn't care much. So <laughs> nah, nah, didn't probably think too much of it. Exactly. So. But folks, that's what we're looking for: our silly stories about uh, partaking in the devil's weed, the wacky tobacco, cannabis, weed, marijuana, whatever you want to call it, on this four twenty. So uh, we are headed into the break, and when we come back, it is all about you guys. So head over to our Facebook page, comment there, or fire up the stereo app. Find us at Phoenix Media, and we will talk to you in just a couple minutes. Don't go anywhere.
tell you something right here, uh huh? It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! Full of exclusive loot, on surprises delivered to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show, and we're smack dab in the middle of the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and watchers, on our topic of the day. Now, if you do want to chime in, head over to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash uh, Christian Phoenix Radio. Click into the live video there and comment, or as we'll do in just a few minutes, we'll fire up that stereo app and uh, we can chat live with you about today's topic, which we're talking about 420. It is 420 today, and uh, you know, it is the international uh, celebration of all things cannabis, marijuana, wacky tobacco, devil's grass, whatever you want to call it. And uh, so we're talking stories of, uh, you know, silly instances that involve. Well, that substance. Uh, in most states, it is legal. So, uh, you know, talking about it isn't, uh, you know, illegal. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, as I said in the last uh, segment, everybody's at least tried it once. So, you know, there's uh, plenty of stories to go around. Now, Tony, I assume you reached out to the Phoenix fans. I don't know how many of them uh, have stories to share, but uh, go ahead and let us know. Ooh, none. None. Not none. even Stacy. No, she said it just it mellows her out. That's it. She's like, <laughs> it just messes her. And then uh, she's tried other things, but uh, she said that uh, we just mellows her out. That's right. it. So don't I don't have too many like <clears throat> I don't know, man. It's uh, I'm sure the radio app will or stereo app will give us uh, some interesting ones for sure, but. Uh, yeah, Jamie has never done it. Uh, really, Stacy, wow. Stacy doesn't uh, hasn't smoked in a while. Uh, Mike and Lacey, they don't do it. All right. Yeah, man, it's just it's not <laughs> just not a thing, I guess. Hey, that's all right. You know, it just shows. Well, I, you know, and anymore, I think people that use it are like, you know, like you know, when you have back problems, issues, they use CBD oil or stuff like that. So it's not really anything wacky crazy stories you know it's uh right not a lot of people using it recreationally or at least uh you know when it was illegal it was one of those things that you know you had to sneak around to do and and uh you know people were a little more fast and loose with it uh <laughs> then as opposed to now where it's it's just sort of an everyday occurrence 
for most people the, anyway. The banter is kind of funny back and forth between Mike and Lacey, though. Is it? <laughs> so Yeah, Lacey's like, I don't have any weed stories. And then Mike's like, you don't, Lacey? And then smiley face. And she's <laughs> like, no, Michael, I was never a big pot smoker. Thank you. None that she wants uh, to share anyway, which is, we'll respect that. She said the one time she did, her and her friend went to a grocery store, walked around giggling and eating sandwiches. <laughs> and then the hey, first time works. Michael ate one of his gummies for his back, we went to the grocery store and bought a cake and a big bag of candy donuts or a big bag of candy donuts and brownies. I was going to say, what's a candy and, donut? I don't know yeah. what that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of munchy stories for sure. Yeah. I, uh, again, man, I don't think of too many. I could only think of a few times I've done it. And uh, I remember first time I did it with Adam was uh, we ripped his big old bong after uh, Nicole and I broke up and and we watched half baked and we ate a thing of Cheetos. <laughs> Fittingly. That was, that was that was all I really remember. All right, yeah, you know. Yeah. N- nothing super fun or cool, you know. There's nothing weird or wacky about it. It was pretty stereotypical. He got high, giggled, ate some fatty ass food and that was about it. And that seems to be pretty much the consensus. Well, with that being said, let's go ahead and fire up the uh, good old stereo app. Want to remind everybody again, it's like life, uh, you know, like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. You don't know what you get. It's like life. You don't know what you're going to get. Exactly. You know, it's funny because you don't know. You say life is like a box of chocolates. Well, the app is like life, which is like a box of chocolates. It it throws me off. Anyway, in any case, let's go ahead and fire it up. See what sort of wackiness we can get. All right. Uh, looking for somebody. All right. How are you doing? You're on the Christian Phoenix radio show. Doing well. How about you? Doing good. So uh, we're talking today is April 20th, 420. And uh, talking about times where uh, maybe something silly or wacky has occurred, uh, you know, while partic- partaking in cannabis, marijuana. Any stories that you want to share on your end? Yeah, okay, so this was back when I was 18 and I was still in high school. My last year, I uh, partook in some of the wacky tobacco, I guess you could say, and I went to a party. Mm -hmm. Well, my dad let me borrow the car at the time because I wasn't working. I came back home and I dropped the keys on the ground. And since I was high, I kept running into stuff. My dad walked out and he said, are you shitting? Because I was in a position like I was bent down in a squatting position. My dad said, you better not be shitting on my lawn. Are you shitting? I'm like, uh, no. And, uh, he's like, holy crap, he's shitting. And then he got mad. He got mad. And he lifted me up. Cause my dad's a strong guy and he saw it wasn't on the ground. And I said, I can't find the keys. And he said, and, and I said, that, that was bullshit. You thought I was shitting. And then every time I see my dad now, I always talk about the story when he thought I was shitting on the ground because I was fine. I couldn't find the keys. So. That is a fantastic story. <laughs> so glad that you shared it with us. Uh, we yeah, are going to keep great one. rolling along, but drop us a follow, and we'd love to have you back on for another segment in the future. All right. Take care of yourself, brother. All right. You Thanks, too. Thanks, man. That was good. Hey, way to kick things off. First caller out of the gate. How are you doing? You're on the Christian Phoenix radio show. Or not. <laughs> Tony with his hey, T-bomb. Oh, man. <laughs> man. All right. We're searching for a new talker. 
It is cycling through, looking for somebody to pick up. Anybody at this point. Yeah, we started so strong, I'd hate for us to uh, teeter that, off. That's where it is, yeah. <laughs> Boy, people are quiet today. Either that or, uh, you know, maybe at uh, 9.22 here local time, uh, people are just going about their day and not spending any hey, time. Hey, man, we're at breakfast, man. Pancakes. <laughs> Either that or they are uh, having a little too much fun here on 420. How are you? Nope. <laughs> Man, we started off so strong, too. Ah, oh, so sad. All right, it is cycling through, and uh, boy, it keeps uh, bringing up uh, one person that has skipped on, but uh, apparently they didn't <laughs> want to talk the first time. Why the second or third? Oh, no, well, it, it brought him back a few brought times. Brought him all huh? the way back around. You know, this may be the one time that uh, we've got to go to a commercial early because, uh, <laughs> yep, boy, wow. Wow. Well, I am encouraged by the fact that we got one strong one out of the gate. Had a couple fun stories, a little banter there between uh, Mike and Lacey. And... Well, I guess he could kill time uh, with weed movies. <laughs> Which favorite weed movie? Uh, boy, that's a good question. Um, yeah. Best, best stoner flick. Best stoner flick. Well, you already mentioned Half Baked, which I barely remember. I, didn't, I don't. I didn't really care for that one. Jim, was it Jim Brewer in that one? Yeah, in Jim Brewer, way. Dave Chappelle, and yeah, somebody else. I forget who. I'm out of you, man. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of Pineapple Express. Um, boy, that, I, I would say. I was going to say the one that I saw most recently along those lines was uh, This is the End that had, uh, boy, James Franco, Seth Rogen, uh, Jay Baruchel. Uh, I mean, uh, you name yeah. from that group, they the, were in there. This is the end? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, it's funny. Friday just chimed in. I I was going to say this too, but Days to Confused, fantastic stone <sighs> movie. That was Great. a good one, yeah. Get you later. And then they reminded me of a pot story. I can't believe I didn't think about this. This is a cool pot story, more so than a wacky, silly one. Okay. Do you uh-huh. And this one involves you, too. Um, you remember when Papa Roach, uh, before they were popular, and they came out and they opened for uh, what well, was supposed to be Kitty. They opened up for Seven Dust. Mm-hmm. And Papa Roach rolled in that little weird-ass van on the side because they're from Sacramento. Right. Um, do you remember we smoked weed with Jacoby from Papa Roach on the side of the of some venue in Reno? That's right. Now, I don't remember... Totally forgot. I don't remember if that was the same concert or a different Seven Dust concert because we've seen so same many. Same one. Where, where we smoked with Lejean, yeah. Exactly. That yeah. was a double, double whammy, man. We smoked with both <laughs> Papa Roach and Seven Dust. There you go. You know, I, I don't. I can't believe we both forgot about that one because uh, no, that was man, pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good reminder from Lacey. Yeah, that was uh, that's one of my claim to fame. Like I'll shock some people sometimes. I'll be like, ah, I smoked weed with the lead singer of Papa Roach. It sounds so far fetched, but it wasn't. Right. I mean, they were they were a local band out of Sacramento. They came over, filled in for Kitty, um, <laughs> and uh, what a dumbass band, Kitty. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but, they uh, they weren't as big as they are now. Cool time. No, no, definitely not as big as they were uh, at the time. Um, and then it just triggered another weird time when I was a teenager. I was. Uh, it's now the Fillmore in uh, Denver, but okay. at the one it was called the Mammoth a long time ago, 
And uh, I came out, visited my uncle, and we went and saw Megadeth. It was during the Cryptic Writings tour. And my sister was there. And uh, <laughs> and we both got high. And I, got <laughs> I was so stupid high that when we were getting crushed up against the railing, we had to bail because my sister couldn't breathe. We went up to the rafters, which is now the, like their upper echelon seating up there but there used to be stairs where you could go right up and just there and the stage was uh not where it was it was in a different part of the venue but i remember hanging on some lights and <laughs> it was like gremlins like all these lights popping off and then my sister and i took off a lot it was intense but uh i remember that at a megadeth show and i want to say that was 97 or 98 there you that go, Tom. We we just, just had triggered, yeah. We just had to prime your pump a little bit for these stories. They they were yeah. There. Had you had to go back to the heavy metal days, the the hard rock days. Exactly. Man. Well, folks, that does it for the interactive portion of the show, and you know it was a little uh, awkward compared to uh, the normal ones that uh, we have. But you know what? We made it work. When we come back, we've got the segment marketplace blunders. Tony's going to uh, go ahead and. Uh, Hit that hey man, add some, add some chai tea, man. It's coming, <laughs> bro. And we'll see you guys in a few minutes. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show, and we've got a little thing we talk about a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. If you do want to call in, give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973 for the alphanumerically impaired. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now, for tomorrow, we don't have a call-in topic. We've actually got a call-in contest. We're doing another edition of Phoenix Face-Off Tony Beatdown, where we're going to pit Tony against uh, hopefully one live caller. Otherwise, he'll play on the caller's behalf in a contest to win a fabulous prize, which uh, I'll determine here. Fabulous! <laughs> More than likely, a Loot Crate uh, subscription box. And, uh, you know, our affiliate sponsor here on the show, if you listen to the show, obviously you've heard the commercials as well. With that being said, uh, you know, I've pulled up uh, a segment that I've titled Marketplace Blunders, which uh, goes into the world of online marketplaces and buying from other essentially peer-to-peer buyers and sellers. We've all been there, whether it's Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, and one of the reasons that I really don't sell anything on any of those anymore is because of the interactions that you have to deal with people. Some people are just so dumb when it comes to either negotiating or, or trying to make arrangements to pick up, and it's frustrating. Oh, it's a headache, it's a headache man. Yeah, not worth the time. Tony, I know that uh, at one point uh, you drove all the way out to, what, Pyramid Lake to pick up headphones for somebody, and that was a whole ordeal. Yes, for my uncle, yeah. I, I brought Jenny with me, and we went on this journey through the desert to, for a pair of wireless headphones for my uncle Hank. 
I mean, the company was great, but it was weird. It was way, way in the middle of nowhere. It wasn't, it wasn't too far from Pyramid Lake, but gosh, dang, that was out there. Well, not only that, you never know who's going to show up at your house, or if you're going to show up at some weird back alley or some, you know, uh, you know, crap hole that uh, you know you'll never return from. It's there's a lot of scary yeah, possibilities I, out there i find like your best thing to do is meet in a, a uh, crowded parking lot like a uh, you know i see i see craigslist deals go down at costco often yeah, yeah. i i do see that you know so that's the way you to know do somewhere it. safe where there's at least wit you know there's people around it's you know maybe not doing what i did even though i brought jenny with me like sure i had someone with me but we also drove in the middle of the middle of nowhere <laughs> yeah. like literally a dirt road in the middle of nowhere it was weird yeah luckily your bodies yeah. weren't dumped in the desert but uh, in any case Still here what we're talking about is marketplace blunders interactions online that uh, didn't exactly end well let's go ahead and start off with our first one shut up and take my money Here's one where the potential buyer says, good evening, is the drawer still available? And are you really giving it away for free? The seller says, hi, yes and yes. If you'd like, you can come pick it up anytime today. I am home all day. Just let me know when you want to come, thanks. The buyer says, oh, that's great. Unfortunately, I can't right now. Can you send me a pic of the drawer to make sure you really have it and it's in good condition as the pics you posted on Kijiji. I don't know what that is. Kijiji! Show it's it. Your <laughs> I don't want any garbage. Seller uh, posts a picture. It looks like a beautiful chest of drawers. The fact they're giving it away for free, awesome. They reply back, don't worry, I have it. By the way, my address is obviously blanked out here for when you decide to take it. Here's where things start to go slightly awkward. The buyer says, not the best, but acceptable. And you will have to drop it off at my place since I can't come today and I want it today. The seller says, I am sorry, I don't have a truck and I can't pick it up by myself. If you want it, you will need to pick it up from here. I'm sorry. Otherwise, I'll have to inform other people that it is still available. Let me know what you decide. The buyer, and how do you think I'm supposed to pick it up? Go get a U-Haul truck or something if you don't have one. And you can come only after 9 p.m. I have guests before. <laughs> Boy, this buyer is getting more and more unreasonable. The seller, I'm sorry, can't, won't do. I'm letting other people know it's available. Have a good day. The buyer, what do you mean you won't do it? You expect to throw garbage away and expect people to come and get it? You said yourself you were home all day, so get your ass, get off your ass, and do something useful. Unbelievable. The seller, Wow. forget this wow. number. Somebody, you're getting something for free. You can't expect the person to deliver it to you on their own time. How unreasonable do you have to be? Yeah, well, and this is also worrisome because she already gave or the person gave that address out to that psycho already, and that's not a good thing. This is why no. it's never, ever a good idea to give them your address. Don't it, you always meet somewhere, man? Yeah. Always. Yeah. If I because have to, people, because people are nuts, man. Yep. Yeah. If I have to give an address, if it's something I, I physically can't move from here. I'm telling them I'm waiting until they are on their way. I'll give the address yeah. and do it that way. And of course, you know, I've luckily I've got a couple scary looking dogs with me. So that way uh, that that helps. <laughs> yeah, but it's definitely weird. I mean, back in the early days when Craigslist was new, uh, I remember we used it a lot and 
you know, the weirdest thing was letting the people come pick up. Remember the boat anchor TVs? Like, oh, they yeah. had the really beautiful, like, picture, but they, they were so dang heavy. I remember selling our Sony, and it was downstairs in the basement, and uh, had, we had to have someone come pick it up, and it was awful. The guy, he reeked of, like, <laughs> B.O., and his butt crack was hanging out. He was a slob, but him and his buddy came and picked it up, and they just stunk the high house. Cigarettes and B.O. But it was weird, though, because I was thinking, oh, man, I let these dudes in my house, and it's just me and uh, my ex-wife at the time, you know, well, my wife at the time and it was just like it was just weird i'm like i could have put us like in some bad danger so i yeah. as the first and last time i ever had anyone come to the house to pick anything up that was <laughs> it was awkward probably a good idea well let's keep yeah. moving on with marketplace blunders shut up and take my money online marketplace interactions that didn't necessarily end well for instance this one somebody's uh, advertising an outdoor electric grill for a hundred dollars all right fair enough potential buyer is this still available would you take sixty dollars Great negotiating tactic out of the gate. The seller, yes, it is still available. Best I can do is 70. Buyer, do $50 and you got a deal. The seller, why would I take less than your first offer? The buyer, because I was given a budget that I wasn't given before. Seller, that's not how negotiating works. My my price isn't tied to your budget. The buyer, excuse me, my husband said $50 and I can't go over it. (laughs) Seller, Uh, then why did you offer $60 initially? Buyer, because I thought he would give me the extra $10. Seller, $75, and it's yours. They went up by five. The buyer, oh, and you went up on your initial offer, so why did you do that? The seller, I thought my wife was going to give me $5, but she isn't. (laughs) Great interaction from the seller, but uh, yeah, negotiation doesn't work that way when you uh, offer something and then you offer less to come back at. Yeah. Not, not quite. No. It's not. That's not how it goes at all. <laughs> all right. Um, let's keep moving on. Talking uh, marketplace blunders. Shut up and take my money. This one uh, potential buyer says, "Hi, is the harness still available?" Seller, I think someone is coming to pick them up. I'm waiting on a text back. We'll let you know if I don't hear back. Pretty common if you know somebody is, yeah. is coming along. Buyer, okay, but it's for my kid's dog. I already kind of told her she could have it. Ha ha. The seller, why would you do that? The buyer, do what? Seller, tell your kid she can have the harness. Buyer, because you said they were free. Seller, they are free to the first person who wanted to come pick them up. Somebody else asked before you. The buyer, that's not fair. I already told her she can have them for the dog. Seller, look, just... I don't know why you did that, but if I don't hear back from the guy in the next 10 minutes, you can have it. Seven minutes Seven minutes later, the buyer replies back, so the seller, okay, your daughter can have them. Where do you want to meet? I live at blank, but if you want to do public, there's a McDonald's nearby at this address. I can meet you in the car park there. The buyer, how am I supposed to get there? <laughs> and it goes on from there. Ah, man. People, this is this is exactly why you meet in public places because you deal with idiots like this all the time. It's, I think this is why I got away from doing Craigslist. I I got tired of dealing with morons like that. Right, and this doesn't even talk about the people, uh, the scam artists, the people who say, you know, I'll send you, you know, a thousand dollars for that hundred dollar item, and then what you do is you give me back 
uh, you know, 800 and you can keep 200 of that, you know, from a cashier's check. And ugh, that's a whole oh, other yeah. bag the, of worms. The Nigerian scammer thing, because it's always <laughs> the broken English. Hello, friend. Ah, <laughs> uh, people. Me, Our... very, me very interested. Please send now. I like. Exactly. Oh, even worse is trying to sell a car online. Yep. No. You've done that. I applaud. You've done that and motorcycles. I I don't know how you've done that, my friend. I So a lot of that always seems like a big headache, and I'm like, eh, I'll just go put it by the dumpster outside. Screw it. <laughs> uh, and then finally here in Marketplace Blunders. Shut up and take my money. Talk about unreasonable. So at 6.07 a.m., the person, uh, the potential buyer texts over, good evening, is this available? 6.07 a.m., good evening, is this available? The seller replies back, yes, it is. Immediately, the buyer replies back, please leave me alone, we are sleeping. Seller replies with a question mark, buyer, no more contacting, please, thanks, appreciate. Seller, you contacted me. The buyer, I know, I'm no longer interested. Please stop contacting me now. I will contact Attorney General if you do not stop. Thanks. You were the one who reached out. <laughs> Sounds like somebody was partaking or they were just really drunk or something weird. Who knows? At 6.07 in the morning? Mood, uh, mood swings, yeah. Exactly. But uh, yeah. goes to show that just... Be careful when selling things online. Well, folks, that does it for this segment of Marketplace Blunders. When we come back, we are headed into the final segment of the show. It is time for This Day in History. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. We are back, folks, to the final segment of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. But you know what? If you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? I have no idea what that was. <laughs> there was it was it was Godzilla's atomic breath, ah. and it was just somebody saying "godlike" because I didn't want to do the dang roar because it was just too long. <laughs> well, if uh, anybody could take on Stay Puffed, I guess it would be Godzilla. It, it would be Godzilla. <laughs> well, folks, while you're there, be- Godlike. Sorry. Be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think and tell your friends. Because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. (laughs) Well, folks, sharing is caring, which is why we do this segment each and every day. Drop a little knowledge on you. Hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for This Day in History. Passing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's This Day in History with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. 
Thanks, Siri. All right, let's go ahead and kick things off on this day in history with this day in 1611. The first known performance of Shakespeare's tragedy Macbeth at the Globe Theater in London, recorded by Simon Foreman. Um, and I don't recall what years Shakespeare lived in, if he was alive during that time, but... Uh, you know, they didn't have movie theaters back then. They didn't have uh, things that you could go do aside from plays. So I would imagine that it would be a uh, just a fantastic experience to go out and see, you know, this new guy that people are starting to uh, talk about. Good old Bill Shakespeare. Oh, that would definitely be really neat to see, especially you never hear about actors back then or anything. You just hear about uh, the playwright, uh, William Shakespeare, which, you know great stuff especially when you go all the way back there to the 1600s yeah yeah you know and like you said i, I think a couple days ago it'd be awesome to be an observer go back and just witness how things were back in those times you know we, we yes. can only sort of guess based on writings but it would be awesome to actually see it not smell it but see it yeah you know it'd be crazy too if you were able to do that i wouldn't want them to see you like like nothing plays out where they notice you or anything because how creepy would that be? You go and you show up and everyone's just looking at you and you're like, oh, no. And your funny clothes and your weird accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, talk about it. get the hell out of there. <laughs> well, let's move on this day in 1736. French mathematician Pierre-Louis Marpertius begins Lapland expedition to measure latitude and shape of Earth, joined by fellow scientists. Oh, this is where they got the name from. Anders Celsius, right? Charles Etienne Louis Camus, Alexis Clairaut, and Pierre Charles Le Monnier. I, I don't think uh, Friday and uh, Mike got uh, Anders from Anders Celsius. <laughs> no, no. But hi, Anders. He's having breakfast right now. Yummy. <laughs> yeah, little handsome dude, little handers. Uh, the Celsius, man. You ever have a Celsius energy drink? Can't say I have. Quite refreshing. But uh, can you take a guess on what he founded? Anders Celsius? Mm-hmm. Mm, something in space. No, the uh, Celsius, Celsius unit of measurement for temperature. So we oh. use Fahrenheit. People on the metric system use Celsius. Don't know why the difference, but uh, yeah, that's what he's famous for. Oh, there you go. Astronomer. <laughs> All right, Tony, get that electric guitar ready, because this day in 1809, Napoleon and French forces defeat Austria at the Battle of Abensburg in Bavaria. We all know how he celebrated. Headed over to Farrell's for that Piggly Wiggly trough. Excellent! Yes, we do get most of our history from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Which, ironically, were not stoners. No, no. No. But uh, fun movies, nonetheless. All right, uh, moving on this day in 1862, the first pasteurization test completed by French Louis Pasteur and Claude Bernard. Um, obviously, Louis Pasteur named pasteurization. He was a bacteriologist, and that's what we utilize today to get rid of the bacteria in things like milk and cheeses and, and things along those lines that could otherwise kill us. Yeah, gotcha. But that's a, that's a good way to figure it out. They're like, we could do this, but we got to get rid of the bacteria. Exactly. Before that, people were just eating it willy-nilly, getting sick and, you know, dying of a tummy ache. Oof. Let's keep rolling on. No brainer. Literally rolling on. This day in 1887, Georges Bouton wins the world's first motor race on a steam-powered quadricycle, a test organized by French newspaper Le Velocipede. 
crazy to think they were racing even back in 1887 when cars were nothing more than a little steam engine on a uh, cart. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Scary, but awesome. And I'm sure the top speed was like 12 miles per hour. Right. It was probably not a very fast race. No, no. I'm sure the uh, crashes weren't uh, all that, uh, you know, to write home about, you know, not all that gruesome. No, definitely not. Let's keep rolling on. This is in 1896, the first public film showing in U.S. of John Philip Sousa's El Capitan premieres in New York City. I didn't realize that John Philip Sousa was also a director. We know he was a composer. Yeah, but you learned I didn't something know new. either. Yeah. yeah, you learned something new. So, <laughs> Well, speaking of learning something new, this day in 1902, Marie and Pierre Curie isolated the radioactive compound radium chloride. We know that she didn't live much longer. Can you guess what she died from? Mm, tuberculosis? No, cancer from radiation. <laughs> no, there you go. <laughs> Marie Pierre Curie. Woo. Um, and there is a TV series that I want to say it's on Amazon or Hulu right now that's supposed to be pretty good all about her life. Huh. That's Let's, sad, though. Yeah, die of radiation. Yep. Moving on this day in 1939, Ted Williams' first hit off of Yankee Red Ruffing. It's a double. You know, baseball players don't have badass names like Red Ruffing anymore. No. You don't get you don't get a lot of that at all. Red nope. Ruffing. Ruffing. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on this day in 1962, NASA civilian pilot, little guy you've probably heard of, Neil Armstrong, takes the X-15 to 63,250 meters. Uh, of course, that's before he landed on the moon. But, uh, you know, I, I applaud any of these guys who were first because you won't find me even going out in space at this day and age because, eh, too scary. Yeah, no interest in that? Nope, not at all. <laughs> nope. <laughs> You're like, I'll stay here. We're good. Yeah. Moving on, this day in 1974, Paul McCartney and Wings released the single Band on the Run in the U.S., which was probably the best song that he did solo. Um, you know, he, I always say it, he and the Beatles were better together than they were apart. Yeah, they made their the, the best music, obviously, together, but Band on the Run was definitely a popular one. Yeah. Hello, it's me, Paul McCartney. I'm a Beatle. I wrote Band on the Run. <laughs> With a band called Wings. Speaking of uh, other former Beatles, this day in 1976, George Harrison sings the Lumberjack song with Monty Python in New York City. If you're not familiar with that skit, it is hilarious. Uh, basically, uh, the song is, I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I wear women's clothes and I drink all day. And it sort of just kind of spirals out of control from there. It'd be fun to see George Harrison singing that. Yeah, I bet that would be pretty good. <laughs> I'm glad you sang that because I had no idea what the Lumberjack Man was. Yeah. yeah, look it up. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. It probably is. YouTube. Moving on, this is probably the funniest headline of the day. This day in 1979, President Jimmy Carter is attacked by a swamp rabbit, which swam up to his fishing boat in Plains, Georgia. He's attacked by a rabbit and made news. Wow. Crazy. Well, that's just kind of random, too. Ah, yeah. uh, Jimmy Carter here, you uh, little swap rabbit. You better get out of here. 
You're going to get eaten by an alligator. <laughs> trying Mo- to fish it. Moving on this day in 1990, Pete Rose pleads guilty to hiding $300,000 in income. Yes, we know he won't be uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame anytime soon, but, uh, you know, hiding that income shouldn't bar him from the Hall of Fame. No. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know where I made all that money. I have no idea. And then finally... Oh, Pete. Finally, this day in history, this day in 1992, all-star concert in memory of Freddie Mercury is held at Wembley Stadium in London. And we were just talking about Bohemian Rhapsody. Great band, great musician, great artist. Uh, Good movie, too. Yeah, very great movie. I actually watched this. I watched this concert when I worked at Video Maniacs. I rented it because it had Def Leppard on there. Yeah. (laughs) And that's kind of cool. Yeah, it wasn't a bad show. Had a lot of rock, a lot of rock bands on there, but. I only really remember Def Leppard. Fair enough. Well, folks, before we head out for the day, let's run down some of today's holidays. Where we talk about the things that we well, celebrate. Uh, in addition to being 420, which it's not listed on here, it is Chinese Language Day. It is Lima Bean Respect Day. Respect those lima, lima beans. Lima? Like lima bean? Here's one that goes hand in hand with 420. Mm. National Cheddar Fries Day. It is National Lookalike Day, National Pineapple Upside Down Cake Day, and Volunteer Recognition Day. Well, folks, that does it for this Tuesday episode. We'll be back tomorrow on a Wednesday with Words Are Hard. Hopefully, you will all join us then. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Happy 420, everybody. We'll see you all tomorrow. Thank you.